2: Thank you for tuning in, listening wherever you are, whether you're in your car, at your house, in your bed, on the couch, wherever you are. You are appreciated. Hopefully, you are having a fantastic day. We have a lot to discuss here. We are going to, first of all, talk about my article that I posted here on the site not too long ago. So, on Friday, We put out an article that was written by myself about why I thought Texas was going to have a wake-up call in the SEC with year number one. I made a bold move about Texas and oh my gosh, the response that I got from the people out in Austin, Texas was unbelievable. Wow, some of y'all need to really control y'all's tongue. y'all y'all are just just some cussing people. I don't I don't get that man. why' so hostile? But seriously, this the, it, it, it was a bold move and I'm, I stand by it because this screams 2019 if you go back to 2019 for Texas. They were supposed to be a college football playoff contender. And rightfully so. They were coming off of one of their best seasons in quite a while. After just under a decade of being irrelevant. They won the Sugar Bowl. They should have won the Big 12 title. Had a struggle with Oklahoma. You won 10 games for the first time since you went to the national title in 2009. Which is fantastic. But then the very next year, you go 8-5 and five in the Big 12. And you just lose these games that you really weren't supposed to lose. You lost to Iowa State. You lost to TCU. You lost to Baylor. You blew a lead against Oklahoma. You blew it against LSU. So, to me, this is a team that screams 2019. Everybody in Austin is screaming. We have Trey Moore. We got Silas Bolden, Matthew Golden, Isaiah Bond, Andrew Makuba. Ah, uh, does it look like I care? I don't. I know you guys have all that firepower to go along with Quinn Ewers, who I think will be a pretty good player. I think he'll be a very good quarterback. I think he will take a step up this year. I'm not hating on that. I think Jonte Cook is a pretty good. Wide receiver, I think he still needs a couple more years to develop and he will be that eventual number one receiver for the Longhorns in the future. But what are you going to do about your linebacking core? What are you going to do against your past defense that was absolutely terrible? Now, I know you guys are adding Kobe Black and that's all fantastic, but you haven't really gone out of pocket to go get those guys that you need, especially in the DB spot. You didn't really replace anybody at that linebacker position. Yeah, you may have Anthony Hill Jr., who was Big 12 Freshman of the Year, but who else is he going to have right beside him? You, You really don't have that senior leader that's supposed to step up and B, another leader alongside Hill. So how are you going to tell me that you guys deserve to be a top five team yet defensively you're struggling? You don't have any real back seven to help you guys out and improve pass defensive wise. Your linebacker core Has only one star, and that's it. Front four-wise, you should be okay. You got guys like Ethan Burke and Trey Moore. I think Trey Moore's going to have a fantastic year. I think he might be, arguably, the best defensive lineman and that best edge rusher in the country. But, I mean, other than that, you have no idea what these guys are going to be. Yeah, you saw them last year with their past teams like guys like UTSA and Alabama and all of them, and say, oh, we have a great team. We're going to be good this year. You don't know that. This team could fall apart. This team could be one or two things. LSU's defense last year, or they could be USC's offense in 2021. Because you're not not convincing me enough that this group together is going to combine to create a national championship winning team. I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm sorry. I just don't. And I'm allowed to have my opinion. If y'all don't like it, that is completely okay with me. But let me tell you the five, te- the four teams they're going to lose to. They will go 8-4 and four this year, I believe. You go to Michigan. In Ann Arbor. You lose there. I don't th- see you coming out of the big house with a dub. You may start off 4-1 and one on the season. I'll give you that. Then you gotta go play Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl in the Red River rivalry. Now, this game could get out of hand. This game could turn into an all-out war. I think Oklahoma pulls out pulls it out at the end of the day. I really do. Then you go to Georgia. Georgia comes into De- Del Kerramora. Georgia whips y'all. Vanderbilt should be a win. Florida should be a win. Arkansas could potentially be a little trap game. Kentucky could be a trap game. At Texas A&M, you lose. There you go. An 8-4 and four season. Is it bad? Absolutely not. In year number one of the SEC, that's not really bad. I mean, good lord. Missouri and Texas A&M in their first year combined for 10 wins. So you better be thanking your lucky stars that you guys recruited well And that you knew what you were doing whenever you were recruiting. You knew the pieces you needed to fill at that receiver spot. To replace guys like A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. That's fantastic. I'm not hating the players. I'm not even hating Texas. I'm just giving my evidence as to why I think they will be an 8-win team by the end of 2024. And you guys can say, oh, we'll wait until December. We're going to show this article to you and we're going to prove you wrong. That's fine. I don't care. At the end of the day, it's not going to bother me any if I'm wrong about Texas. I don't care. It is what it is. I was wrong. Many analysts are wrong. But at the end of the day, when I make a comment, I'm going to stand by it. I'm not going to retract it. I'm not going to say I'm sorry to the people in Austin for saying this comment because I'm going to stick by it. I'm not going to back down from it. As our owner Chris Phillips always says, the beauty is in the banter. And boy, the beauty was in the banter over this weekend. Now it's time to give my picks on who is going to be participating in the college football playoff in the SEC. And I've narrowed it down to four teams, and I'll tell you why now. You look at Georgia. They will probably be the number one ranked team next year. You have a Heisman hopeful in Carson Beck coming back. He really elevated his game. It's tough replacing a guy that is a two-time national champion. And he did just that. Threw for almost 4,000 yards to go along with 24 touchdowns. Really elevated his game since that old Miss win.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: He was just a wrecking ball overall. And when you have a guy like that coming back, that adds so much to this team. Gunnar Stockton's time will come. I guarantee you that. It's not going to be this year, though. When you have a running back room that consists of Branson Robinson and Trevor Etienne, that speaks volumes. It's awesome. To get a room like that. And those two. They'll be key. You know about Trevor Etienne. You know about what he did at Florida. He's going to bring that depth. That Georgia was going to lack. If he doesn't come in. The tight end position. Oscar would capable tight end. Nobody talks about him a whole lot. But he is an excellent tight end. I think he's probably one of the more underrated tight ends in the SEC. Fantastic blocker. A guy that can get out of the backfield and grab two or three receptions a game. He's a guy that has done really well blocking-wise. He's been a capable backup for Brock Bowers. And now he's going to step into that role as... Starting t- start tight end, take over from a guy like Browers, and really succeed. Their receiver wise is going to be unbelievable. Yes, you don't have Lab McConkney anymore, but you have Dominic Lovett, Dylan Bell, London Humphreys, Colby Young, Ra Ra Thomas, who's been around for a while. That's going to be a, an elite receiving core. And then defensively, I mean, you've got transfers coming out from all over the nation that it's just reload-wise for Georgia. The difference why Georgia's going to have more success is because you're coming into a staff that is much more trained, is much more prepared for the SEC Hall rather than Texas, which is why I like Georgia a lot more than Texas, is because of that. It's because the coaching staff knows what they're doing. They know what they're doing, everything, and how they can continue to expand on that program. You get a new defensive coordinator, Travaris Robinson, a new defensive staff guy, and he is going to have a lot of success with this Georgia team. They're going to continue to be a national championship contender. Nothing's going to change for them. It's business as usual for Kirby Smart and company. And national championship or bust is going to be the expectation in Athens. Let's look at Alabama now. New head coach, new staff, a lot of transfers out. But you know what? Still same Obama. Wasn't that the team that last year was supposed to fall off a cliff after they lost to Texas? And... They got out of South Florida with a 13-3 win in a game that was 3-3 going into the half and going into the fourth quarter. That's still same Obama. Nothing's changing for them. New players, new personnel, not a big deal. You get a guy like Ryan Williams to come in, new freshman, fantastic receiver. I think he's going to have an immediate impact. I think he's going to start day one. I think he has an opportunity to be the next Amari Cooper. Jalen Milrow is going to have a lot more firepower this year. And I think Kalen DeBoer is going to help him elevate his game a step further. He's going to get him more in the pocket to be more comfortable throwing the football. And I think he could have a season like Jaden Daniels had last year. He has an opportunity to break out just as much as Carson Beck does. I think those two are going to be your front runners for the Heisman Trophy this year as well. So, if you look overall, this is a fantastic hire because DeVore is a proven winner. He's done it time and time again, and he'll continue to do that. Despite what Alabama has lost, you're going to see the same old tide, same expectations in Tuscaloosa, and they will definitely fulfill them. Now, you better watch out for September 28th. That's a big one. Going against Georgia. And if they can get past them, you can expect them to continue to be a dominant force in the SEC. Those are my two guarantees. Now, I said I think four teams will get in. These are the two X factors you need to look out for. You need to look out for Missouri. Here was a team that Eli Drinkwitz was on the hot seat in 2023. They gained 11 wins. They... End up winning the CFP New Year Six. They shut down Ohio State. And now you're introducing guys like Brady Cook and Luther Burden coming back. What a huge return for those two. Two of the best QB receiver duos in all of college football. They will continue to be a top tier group. And yeah, you might have lost a guy like Cody Schrader. But guess what? You're replacing him with another great guy. Marcus Carroll. A guy that averaged four yards a carry at Georgia State. He's going to have his game elevate over the next several games. The spring is going to be fantastic for him. And remember, he played against... An LSU team that, despite how bad their defense was, averaged 5 yards a carry and had 51 yards receiving on the day. So not only is this guy a fantastic running threat, he's also a guy that you need to look out for coming out of the backfield as well whenever he has the football in his hands. You also include guys like Caden Green on that offensive line to anchor. Corey Flagg, linebacker. He's the transfer from Miami. He's going to be fantastic this year. Chris McClellan, defensive lineman out of Florida. He's going to have a pretty good year. He's shown flashes. Had a good game against LSU. Six tackles and a half a sack. So these guys, I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's so good having notable players that you can count on and continue to see as still a legitimate threat for college football. When you add more help for Brady Cook and company, that's going to elevate this team to a whole nother level. Toriano Pryde Jr. had a big interception earlier in the season. Also I added 13 tackles and poor fast deflections. Didn't play a whole lot, but he took advantage of his opportunities and did really well when he got in the football game. Darius Smith got lost in the backfield of elite Georgia talent. When you get him with a team like Missouri that still has an opportunity to get to the next level, they're going to be a threat in the SEC for years to come. As long as Burden and Cook are still there? The killer bees are out. Missouri's still going to be buzzing, but it is going to be hard to repeat the same success. Are they still good? Absolutely. First three game, first five games, they should get out of. You're going to end off September 4 no? Versus Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, Vanderbilt, all at home. Then you get two straight road games. A weird one where you're on the road against UMass. uh, But you do play. Go to Kyle Field. You play Texas A&M. And then when you get into the end of November. It gets kind of difficult. But from October 19th. To maybe November 9th. It's probably going to be your toughest stretch. Because you play Auburn. At Alabama. And against Oklahoma. So. If you can get past Alabama and Oklahoma, you have an opportunity to claim another SEC. Here, you have an opportunity to get into that 12 team. So that could be a potential for them. And then finally, the last X factor that will likely be in the college football playoff is Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a team that I'm excited for. Lane Kiffin has been trolling his butt off on Twitter. Since probably the end of the season. You get Walter Nolan. One of the best transfers in the entire nation. Princely Omanamilan. Antoine Wells Jr. Tyler Barron. You return a lot of your offensive linemen. Yes, you may lose Quinshawn Judkins who was... Your best running back. But guess what? Jackson Dart is back. Jackson Dart is back. He is a fantastic quarterback. He too will be in the Heisman conversation. 3,300 yards. 23 scores to 5 interceptions. They picked apart the number one defense in all of college football. And so, when you add that along with A lot of big opportunities for this team going forward. You will see Ole Miss continue to show the same success that they have had since this past year. I think they're also going to be a college football playoff contender because because of the way they finished games. The first four games as well. I'm, excuse me, five in September. They will be 5-0. and 0. You're at South Carolina. You're at Death Valley and LSU. You're playing Oklahoma. At Arkansas, Georgia, at Florida, Mississippi State. I think that Georgia and LSU and Oklahoma are going to be your games. That will decide if you are going to be in the College football playoff. If they get past those three, we'll be in the college football playoff. If you go at least one and two during that era, you're going to the college football playoff. There's no question in my mind that they deserve to be in there. Trey Harris is coming back. We know about him. We're ready for the breakout season for him. He had almost a thousand yards receiving. Back-to-back years. So, I'm ready to see him take his game to the next level. Jordan Watkins is going to be huge. Huge for the Rebels. He's going to have a fantastic year. He will be a finalist for the Boletnikov in 2024. One guy that I'm really excited to see is Aiden Williams. He is going to be a sophomore this upcoming year. And, I mean, last year, four-star recruit, top 25 receiver in the nation. Uh, I I think he's going to have a very good year. I think that people have him. Uh, He was projected coming out of high school as a day three pick in the NFL draft. He has more athleticism and speed than people give him. Because you're you're seeing him going to take that next step this year. Had a red shirt year, I believe. So you're going to see him continue to dominate and continue to grow as a young receiver. When you continue that trend, the same is going to happen for the rest of your receiving core. They're going to get better, they're going to follow that method, and they're going to experience what it's like to finally taste that sweet, sweet taste of being a top-tier receiver in the SEC. Now it's time for a segment called, What Am I Excited For? And let me tell you what I'm excited for. Two weeks from now, National Signing Day in the February League. Now most of the class of 2024 has already signed, but two guys... We're still waiting on them to sign. Gatlin Bear, the number one player in the state of Idaho. All likelihood going to be down to Michigan, Oregon, TCU, Boise State, and Alabama. Uh, either or. I mean, they're getting a fantastic, explosive wide receiver. He's a breakaway guy. Excellent route runner. So, either or. His brother is... Actually at Mississippi State right now. So all likelihood. I won't see them potentially being a favorite to land him. He initially did commit to Boise State earlier last month. But he did decide to decommit. So he's down to either Michigan or Oregon. So any likelihood that Mississippi State and or Alabama will get him is out of the question. Now it's time to turn our attention to Amari Williams. So looking at him, I think his last couple of options would probably be Florida State, Bama, or Auburn. But he has been really looking forward to Florida State. Number one edge rusher in the state of Florida number one athlete in the state of Florida. Uh, he is the number seven athlete in the nation, according to 247, the number 21 player in the state of Florida, number 183 player in the nation. First thing that I ever saw from him was the latest that he saw was a Florida State visit, his top 13 Georgia, Miami, Bama, Oregon, USC, Kentucky, Texas, Penn State, Florida State, South Carolina, Tennessee, Michigan, and Florida. Um, he was, at one point, the number one athlete in the nation. I don't know what happened the past couple weeks, but he's just fallen off a little bit. But uh, there's no telling what's going to happen with him. I do expect him to stay local. So, I think that would be a big win for Mike Norvell if he does get him. You're getting a guy that is excellent off the edge, is a fantastic athlete, and he can play just about any position. He can play outside backer. He can get down in a three-point stance and play that 3-4 DN. But you got to get him in the weight room first. He's got to bulk up from 215 to maybe 230, 235. So really interested to see in him. And then this year for 247 Sports, one of the first times I've ever seen them rate a 101 for a player, which is unbelievable. Jeremiah Smith is a 101 overall. Ellis Robinson, a 101 overall. DJ Lagway, a 101 overall. Smith is headed to Ohio State. He'll be another great receiver for Will Howard and company, Ellis Robinson, and DJ Lagway to Georgia and Florida, respectively. I think Lagway is going to take over at some point in the season for Graham Mertz. I think Mertz is going to struggle at some point. Lagway's been committed to Florida since December of 22, so he's been a long-time commit. So don't expect him to go anywhere else, he's been compared to Anthony Richardson, which is saying a lot, so he's also a basketball player, Uh, injured his ankle during the Under Armour All-American game, so obviously that's reason for concern going into spring, but hopefully he will recover from that just in time to get ready to get some work in and really develop himself before the start of the regular season.